short side of the virtual hardwood, it's the MLC Podcast. This is episode 497. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, Andrew NLSC on X. Joining me as always, my co-host Derek, DV3 in our forum, and DV3G and DV384 on X. Derek, good to be talking to you as always, but can you believe that it's been almost a month since NBA 2K24 came out? It's wild how fast time is flying, mm. but that makes me ask you, Andrew, score it. What is your score on a scale of 1 to 10 of NBA 2K24 now that you've had it for close to a month? Uh, three, honestly. Uh, I've that, that has been affected by the fact that I've still been troubleshooting my the fact that it's crashing my PS5. I did clear my cache the other day, and I, I did get through a whole game, a full four quarters of a game. Um, and it didn't crash, so I'm hoping that I've found the solution to that. Still want to play a longer game just to make sure. Um, it's not overheating because I played Mortal Kombat 1 for hours, a huge long session of Mortal Kombat 1 playing through the story, and it did not uh, crash the system at all. So there's definitely something going on there, but hopefully I've got it with the cache. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not feeling it, Derek. How is Mortal Kombat, by the way? I, I haven't played games like that in a very long time in fact the last time i played a game like that might have been the original mortal Kombat. <laughs> well on the sticks great as far as content it makes 2k24 look very generous because there's so much online only stuff uh, so many skins that are now premium purchases they've completely gone that mobile route that uh they're kind of like a my team route so even you remember back in the day that you'd uh or if you haven't played Mortal Kombat since the originals, but the 3D era, the PS2, Xbox era, you would unlock these alternate skins, these alternate costumes for the all of the characters, and there was so much bonus content for offline players. Uh, that's just not there. There's also, on- online, there's also a problem with player one is able to, um, able to use combos that player two can't, so player two is at a disadvantage in the online scene. So there's actually a lot of problems. For me, it's more about the greed and locking away all this content behind online only and premium purchases and things like that the game itself is quite fun the story i have mixed feelings about um yeah that's, that's just me as a longtime fan and uh, appreciating the original lore but great game enjoyed it more on the sticks than 2k24 i have to say but 2k24 with my nba eras and all of the historical teams if nothing else does give us more content so uh yeah i'm i'm a bit of a curmudgeonly grumpy old man about gaming at the moment derek yeah uh I had to put down NBA 2K24 earlier. Uh, I was trying to play a My Team game again. And I'm just so frustrated with the gameplay direction overall and how my players are just sliding all over the place on offense and defense. I, I just, the skating is so poor and it's so badge and artificial boost reliant that we're just getting sucked sideways, backwards, forwards, etc., into players constantly. And the ball ball just continues to warp from hand to hand on dribbles or just float in the air randomly. A lot of bugs in NBA 2K24, I think you could agree. There's a lot of bugs related to the movement and yeah. to the way the ball moves on the floor, etc. It's just, you know, the lack of make variety, the lack of miss variety, the un, you know, just the overall unrealistic rim mechanics. A lot of things with NBA 2K24 are really frustrating and forced from a gameplay perspective, uh, stuff that's like completely out of the user's control. And I just, I had to put the game down. I was not having fun with it. 
I was like, this is stupid. This does not feel good. Like, why am I, why am I forcing myself to play this game? So, um, I might put this game down even faster than NBA 2K 23. And my brother and I have been playing the PC version of 2K24 because the foot planning is a little bit better. Um, it's still very canned and the shooting still stinks overall and whatnot, but it's not quite as canned um, as the new gen version. So we've been playing that, you know, the PC version here or there, but we're not going to stick with that for long either. So I am disappointed. I'm disappointed in the basketball gaming scene right now. I'm disappointed that other companies haven't come in to this space at the height of gaming creation tools, at the height of access, uh, you know, at the height of, I don't know, technological ability. And there hasn't been somebody, you know, another company, big or small. Shout out to Hoopland, though quality game yes. you know they're making a basketball game and sure you know it's like yeah. super nintendo yeah it's sure it's like nes slash super nintendo 8-bit or 16-bit graphics but you know his effort is there and i absolutely love it you know he's making it looks like the game's going to be moddable i think i've already seen mods in it but the gameplay is dynamic there's dribble moves there's alley-oops there's put back dunks Shout out to him because at least he's tackling basketball video games, right? He's getting a game on the market, but it's just wild to me in this with in in a world with so many coders, with so many you know with all the tools at everybody's disposal and all the knowledge and everything, and supposedly basketball being as global as it's ever as it's ever been, Andrew. Supposedly as popular as it's ever been, which I I actually contest that, but that's what people say. Um, that. The, there's still only one basketball sim title out there made regularly every year and that there's no arcade basketball games being made either. And that is part of that. There's two community questions that were asked this week. One is related to that. And the other is how people score NBA 2K24, you know, at this point. But what do you think of that? The lack of basketball games in the space it is so puzzling to me. disheartening as well right i mean it is it's, it, it it's really such is, a great yeah. sport and it's a global sport and it's a beautiful sport and, and even without the nba license even without it you can make a great game and even if you're if you're making it for pc you can make a, a, a moddable game and if you're making it for the consoles you can do what like maximum football have done and a couple other companies where you give them creation tools right within the game console or pc it doesn't matter and you allow them to create teams you know create their logos create their jerseys um you know in the football games they have people being able to create their helmets you know create custom seasons the length that you want and all of that stuff like you don't have to have the nba license either but yeah i'm 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 sad uh, i'm with you i'm sad about the state of basketball gaming in 2023 and as you say, it's it's a great sport that has produced some great video games, some great NBA Live titles back in the day, great NBA 2K titles, even as recently as the uh, past decade, obviously, great NBA Jam titles, you know, the list goes on, NBA Street, and that's not even getting into a lot of series that didn't last as long or don't have as much brand recognition because they never quite reached the heights of those famous series, like the, the Big Four, if you will. 
but are still were, were successful enough in their day. But I mean, that that probably is a reason for it that they weren't as successful as the brand leaders. There was a bit of a glut on the market back in the day. We've talked about that before. That as awesome as it was for us as gamers, I'm sure for the companies, <laughs> it wasn't as profitable to keep competing with the big names live and 2k being the ones that prevailed over the years and then of course live (laughs) going the way it did so we just have 2k as you noted yeah it it is disheartening uh, that uh, that they weren't as as profitable that there isn't that uh, space in the market for them i mean i believe the space is there but it obviously oh the space is there yeah no i agree yeah you know the space is absolutely there it's wide open I, yeah. I truly believe that. I, 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 that. I suppose, I, I, should, I, suppose I should re. I suppose I should rephrase the, the, the opportunity is there, but perhaps the the marketability or the profitability isn't there. I understand why people aren't jumping into the space. Uh, the, the glut probably didn't help games back in the day, as I said, but it is a shame for us because we did have that choice. Even having just two games, two main sim games on the market plus an arcade game or two, uh, is was, was so great. And, and as you said. You can you can still make a, a game that isn't NBA licensed, whether it's a college game, obviously, or one that is uh, completely customizable. And some of uh, our favorite games have been like that, or, or have completely fictional players. Now, the NBA license is king, obviously. That is that is the license that is going to sell the most games, move the most copies. But it is possible to make these games with a license. We've talked before about how much we love basketball classics. We've had Josh and Dave on the podcast multiple times. Again, Hoopland by uh, Quality Games coming out uh, in October, coming out this month. You know, it, it is possible to break into that space, but competing with 2K is obviously tough. A lot of the responses we got about that question did note the difficulty, the, the challenge of competing with 2K. And I mean, if EA won't do it, will a smaller company do it, or will a company that doesn't have as long of a history in basketball gaming do it either? And I go back to what happened with Saber Interactive and NBA Playgrounds, the first NBA Playgrounds, Derek, where they actually ended up meeting with 2K Brass to assure them, oh, we're not trying to compete. This is a different game. So it's... it's Why kinda... even do that? That's the, like, sticking yeah, your tail between your legs. I'm sorry, but I lose respect. Agreed, agreed. For that company for doing that. Like, you don't have to ask permission or, you know, basically in some way, like, cower to a big company. Well, I think they wanted to right? work like, with them. I think they wanted to work with them, which is why they did it, ultimately. Then, then we, which led to NBA 2K Playgrounds 2 and the partnership. And, but, then, and then it died, right? I, and then I, the exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, but no, yeah. I, I absolutely agree that it, it, uh, it disgusts me, too, that 2K have kind of become the gatekeepers of the genre. Yes, they have the most successful game, but that doesn't mean they get to dictate who else jumps into the space. It doesn't mean they get to shoulder everybody out, especially when they're doing things that really are anti-consumer, where we need that competition in the space. So yeah, even back in the day when I first heard that, I was a bit put off by that. But then NBA 2K Playgrounds 2 happened, and the partnership happened, and I thought, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. My opinion on the Saber Interactive thing is they probably got paid incredibly well by 2k in order to form that partnership right like i'm sure they they made some good money (laughs) to do that and i'm my guess is is that money was the driving force there that it wasn't about you know as much about pride it wasn't about you know basically having your game stand out and be unique and not tethered to the basketball gaming giant that 2k has turned into and everything that my opinion is 
from the way it sounds is that it was probably fruitful money wise. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, look, it got Kobe uh, into the game, it got MJ into the game, it got Kareem into the game. That was great. It also got a bunch of microtransactions into the game because they put the 2K in, in NBA 2K Playgrounds 2, quite frankly. Right, and then the series died. Yeah. So, unfortunately, um, it was a painful death, and we haven't had a game now for how long? Well, that was 2018, 2018, I want to say. 2018, right. So it's been about five years, roughly, um, coming up on six. So, yeah, it, it is really sad. I don't think that it has anything to do with technological limitations because the creation of these games has never been more accessible with mm. things like unreal engine out there for free that people can use um unity i believe hoopland by quality games made with the unity engine like i understand that mocap is the best way to capture realistic animations now as opposed to piecing the animations together you know it, it, it's it's not only easier to do the mo mocap it looks better right so I understand that not everybody has the money for that technology. You know, if you're an indie developer and whatnot, I understand that the coding is a challenge. Obviously, if you're not doing mocap to piece all the animations together to make it look authentic. Right. So I do understand that piece. But again, we're at the height of access. We're at the height of coders. We're at the height of video game making. We're at the height of, you know, accessibility when it comes to video game making programs we're at the height of um access to assets for games and whatnot i i'm not buying that it's a technology issue if anything i'm thinking more along the lines of what you know a couple people said in the responses that it's almost like a scared to get involved in it issue that it's a worried about stepping on 2k's toes issue which i just think is ridiculous and, you know, possibly a lack of interest because I don't think that basketball is as popular as it once was. I have to be completely honest. Sure. I mean, 2K, and, 2K is selling a lot of copies as well. I mean, that, that is daunting to, to compete with. And if you, can't, yeah. if you can't really, I mean, there's a space in the market, but getting that market share is easier said than done, especially if you can't meet the standards of 2k i mean obviously we have our criticisms of 2k but it has established a pretty good standard over the years that if your animations don't look as good if you don't have as much content if your depth if your modes aren't as deep then i mean look what happened with live in the last generation there's there a lot of good bones to nba live in the past generation a lot of problematic aspects as well but those good parts weren't as apparent those, those positive aspects weren't as apparent because well some of the problems with the game as well overshadowed them but they weren't as good as what 2k were doing they didn't make as good enough of a first impression and if you don't have the money behind you or the technology or that big bank of animations and assets that 2k has then you're coming out with a game that's going to at least look inferior even if it's more fun on the sticks so i think that is part of it as well but obviously 2k kind of being the gatekeepers of the genre at the moment fearing stepping on their toes and everything yeah, there's a lot of reasons why people aren't jumping into the space, but it is unfortunate. So you and I talked a little bit off air uh, about this issue, and it was we were having a conversation about the other genres that all of these companies are tackling, like right, like RPGs, MMORPGs, um, adventure games. You know, a lot of the indie developers are tag, uh, tackling like side scrollers, absolutely, right? yeah, and stuff like that, or like strategy games and whatnot so that market 
is incredibly saturated. Um, it's very there. There's just thousands of games on Steam. There's just a ton of games on the consoles and whatnot for those genres. And I think that it is possible that people think that they can, you know, attract more gamers, right? By getting into one of those incredibly popular genres. But that's my issue though, too, with the basketball gaming scene is, you know, there's thousands of RPGs. There's, there's tons of MMORPGs. There's tons of adventure games, et cetera. And a lot of them actually play very much alike. Um, and that those the, a lot of those games are just incredibly boring and dull now because they're just there's so many that are so similar, right? So how can those genres have so many developers, right? Have so many different companies jumping into the fray, whether they're bigger companies or they're in, indie developers and whatnot. But for some reason, sports games can only have one title. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand the EA thing. They've had the, the NFL license and they weren't letting anybody use that. And then, you know, there's there's other companies that were, you know, like maximum football, access football. There's other companies at least trying right in the football space, like indie developers, developers and whatnot. They're trying to create something that people can play and customize. Those games are incredibly deep customization wise. Why is this not even that? Like, why is that not happening in the basketball gaming space? I can't wrap my mind around it. Why isn't there like a maximum football, access football, et cetera, version of a basketball video game? where they do have the 3D graphics, where they're trying really hard to give you all the customization, even if they can't get the NBA license. And the biggest, the other thing that's puzzling is, like I said, the NBA license, NBA 2K doesn't own that, right? Yeah. Like, it's not It's a virtual property. They don't, they don't have the it, exclusive, yeah. Right, it's not an exclusive license for NBA 2K. Other people can buy that license, which is why even before NBA 2K and NBA Playgrounds, the people, the creators, Saber Interactive of NBA Playgrounds, before they got together, say like Saber Interactive had the NBA license. Yeah, right. It's they doable. Had all of for the small play- studio. They had a ton of players, classic players, etc. But I just, like I said, I can't wrap my mind around in 2023 how there's not players in this space. It is wild to me. It is unfortunate. I mean, we can look at the the simpler RPGs and everything that are made with. RPG Maker, I guess on the indie scene, there's, it's easier to get into that uh, that genre. You don't have to worry about as much uh, re- resembling real life. Obviously, there is certain expectations with anything that resembles a, a sim game or a, a more realistic take on it. But then again, you could easily do an arcade game. I say easily. Uh, alter- alternatively, you can do arcade and not have to worry about the realism. I mean, if, capturing the sport in a way that people enjoy is, is obviously easier said than done. I mean, Josh and Dave have talked about the challenges that they faced and all the, all the little uh, moving parts you really have to account for in the code to, to make a basketball game. So obviously it is challenging, but it's obvi- also obviously doable as well. So yeah, it's, it is a shame that, that we don't have more people trying to, uh, to jump into that space and to even do something like Dunk Lords, right? You know, uh, to have a, uh, a wacky take on the game. As Dunk Lords did, so yeah, it, it is uh, it is disheartening because we are left with uh, <laughs> with just the one major game. And I mean, how many years have we have we been saying, right. Derek? You know that we want uh, live to come back. So you know that the, you know the, the one company that really could 
compete with 2K, uh, at least as far as uh, money is concerned and a, and a history in the space. Right. And where are the fun arcade games or the street style games? And, and why are we not having those games, you know, returning with a vengeance and with great gameplay and online access, right? In some leaderboards and, you know, the height of social media, people sharing all of those highlights, right? Of this cool new street game or the return of NBA Jam or an arcade game that, you know, is similar to NBA Jam. Like, where is it? Like, I just don't understand. And those games could be very could be easier to program, right? Than a five on five sim style game where you're trying to get five players on both sides to interact on the court. Right. Like there's it's, it's possible that those games could be even easier to program. And they wouldn't even possibly have to hold as much content either. I just can't even believe that we don't have options or choices. And I believe like I believe that gamers deserve better and fans of the sport. And, you know, I was thinking back to the late 90s and early 2000s. And sometimes there were six or seven basketball games coming out for that year, sometimes more. Right. Between both sim arcade and then street style games and whatnot so people man we were spoiled andrew we were so spoiled to have all of these choices we really were back then. yeah and it would be really cool to jump on social media in like 2025 and you know if it's still x which who knows it's a terrible name for the platform yeah. but we, you know we jump on x or we jump on youtube or whatever and you just see highlights from all of these different new basketball games right and it's not just nba 2k anymore you've got some nba live in there maybe um you've got a new nba jam possibly you know a street style game maybe another arcade game maybe another five on five sim like that's the way it should be i i can't even believe all of these years only one basketball game has been released it just i, I don't get it i just don't get it I mean, it does also come down to 2K being able to maintain a, a pretty good standard. You know, for many years they did have a, a really good game of basketball. You know, as, as much as we've criticized recent releases, up until 2K17, as we've said before, we were really enjoying the game. It, it did feel like it was getting better every year, or at least maintaining that certain level of uh, quality year to year. And and even after 2K17, there's been games that we've enjoyed. 2K19, I quite like. I know you've warmed up to that with some slider tweaks and, of course, the retro rosters. And even even up 2K20, I, I enjoyed. Not as much as previous games. And there were some changes in that game that I didn't like, as, as we've discussed before. But we have got enjoyment out of recent games as well. But maintaining that level of quality and the strength of the marketing of 2K as well has... It's kind of made that space, I think, unwelcoming to other developers. And obviously it has when you have people like uh, Saber Interactive Brass meeting with 2K Brass. Uh, clearly, I think people are a bit intimidated. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I think the intimidation factor, people worried about being bullied out of the space, the cost, right? So I think that the cost of making a game that people think is going to sell in the basketball space, um, I, maybe that's daunting for a lot of people, even though I, I, I still just don't see it when I see all of these other types of games being made. You know, like I said, the RPGs, the MMORPGs, these vast open worlds with all of these assets and everything. And, you know, they continue updating these games. They put a bunch of crap behind paywalls, just like everybody's doing now, etc. Like, I, I, I'm struggling to see the cost angle, especially for companies that are not looking 
for the NBA license, right? Sure. So struggling with that a little bit. But um, I understand that getting the NBA license itself would be probably a super expensive venture. And, you know, paying for individual rights, if you have to, from my understanding, 2K has to do that with their retro players, right? So they give them each player. Right, exactly. They give them um, like their own separate amount. So like, I totally understand that. Before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, mb-live.com, as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. If you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are The NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball. And on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. But I think also that basketball in the sense of, you know, the fandom that we had when we were watching it growing up and the unbelievable, you know, popularity when we were growing up watching the game, like a true love for the actual sport. I don't see that as much today, even at the height of social media, even when we can see, you know, more people's comments and everything. Um, you know, more people's reactions to the action and whatnot. Um, I just feel like basketball isn't as loved as it used to be. I don't and think, maybe yeah. that's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me that sees that or thinks that, but that's just the way it feels to me. No, I I think it isn't enjoyed in the same way. I had this conversation with someone else on uh, on X recently that it really has come down to performative debate. And even in things like the GOAT debate, you know, it's all about the the stats and the ranking one player above the other, and downplaying accomplishments, and while well, pumping up other accomplishments. But you don't see people really reflecting on their favorite moments as much. Like if somebody you see somebody say, for example, uh, the people who argue uh, that LeBron is the goat, you'll see them talking about plumbers and dentists. You'll talk, see them talking about Jordan is this, LeBron is that. But you don't see them talking about the the great highlights that they remember, the great games that LeBron has played, and the highlights that he's had which he has had many he's a spectacular player that you don't see them recalling oh i remember when he jumped over john lucas the third and and things like that whereas back in the day you and i could say you know remember when mj weaved in and out of the nets with that incredible uh, acrobatic layup or remember when isaiah Ryder threw it over his head and, and made that incredible shot going out of bounds or eric murdoch doing that we remember these moments about and we enjoy the sport obviously that other stuff comes into the debate if you want to talk about greatest of all time or whatever you do bring up stats and accomplishments and talk about skill level etc but there's not that pure enjoyment of the game as much which is weird because as you said you do see the highlights obviously are shared but they don't seem to stick in in people's memory or, or it becomes part of this overall debate as opposed to just enjoying the sport and enjoying the moment and i, I do think that affects basketball games as well it feels like the majority of what i hear um, in person, when I talk to people like at my workplace and whatnot about basketball, or if I run into somebody that, um, you know, that I know watches the sport, whether casually or not, you know, when, you know, whenever I, so in real life or what I see for comments, mostly on social media, it's always like, well, he needs more help. Well, this guy is trash. This player is garbage. Well, you know, he's, then it's just like, 
regurgitating stats, right? It's like stats and advanced stats and whatever will support some stupid debate and everything. And like you said, it, it or like it's like a stupid like all time debate where the person that's talking about, you know, their ranking or their top 10 doesn't really know the history of basketball and doesn't know anything about the players that they're even putting in that top 10. And they really don't understand the game of basketball that well either. And but they want to be part of the discussion. So they're just saying a bunch of stupid crap and putting out stupid lists. And I'm not saying that's everybody, but how much of that do we see on the Internet, Andrew? We see a lot. It, it's, there's no enjoyment. It, it doesn't feel like they're constant. enjoying it. You know, yeah, exactly. And they're not even it feels like they're not even enjoying what they're talking about. Right. It's always this stupid back and forth. And it's <laughs> can, I'm can right. I, can I win wrong. the performative debate? Right. And then, you know, it's it's about, well, his field goal was this and this was his per and this was his plus minus true and everything. And like yeah. you said, and it's a true shooting percentage. And it's not really talking about basketball. It's not talking about any specific plays during any games and everything. Why? Because more than likely they didn't watch any of it, right? Yeah. And maybe they saw like a 30-second highlight clip or a one-minute highlight clip online, and now they're going to act like they know the team, they know the players, and they know the game. And I just don't think the game is as enjoyed as much as it used to be. Well, I think that's, that's why we have... it's become very casual. That's the way it, I it has. It has. And I think that's why, as we said, I think it was last week, we said that's why there's no All Star weekend anymore because that event doesn't have that same gravitas, doesn't have that same enjoyment, that it kind of doesn't really matter as much to basketball gamers. But remember how huge it was when All Star weekend came to NBA Live 2005? Huge. Absolutely huge. But these days, it, people don't really seem to miss it because it's about the online scene, it's about. Um, you know, skill gaps and everything else. So we see that there's similarities in the discussion of real and virtual hoops. But uh, turning it over to the community, because they've echoed some of our thoughts here. We'll start with uh, Steve, the Live King, of course. It says, uh, the technology isn't as good as people think it is. They're just starting to make progress with better mocap technologies. If slash when NBA Live comes back, it could open floodgates. Riders Republic is a good example on how they could make a basketball game without an NBA license. And then it goes on to say, but I don't think companies want to make a b-ball game without a league license. And, I mean, we, we know how good those games can be. But, yeah, I, I do agree that having the NBA license is huge. But, but at the same time, it's not unattainable. Yeah, so I actually responded to him. And I have a lot of respect for him in the community. I think he does some great highlights on the NBA Live and NBA 2K games. And he's a regular contributor. And him and I have had a lot of good discussions about basketball video games on X and whatnot. Um, I disagree about the technology. That's the, that stuff has never been more accessible uh, than it is today. Um, there's videos, you know, online that anybody can access on how to use these programs, breaking down how to do um, not only mocap with certain things you can buy, um, but also just how to use you know the programs like the Unreal Engine and and whatnot. And not every game needs to have the um, how do I say all the features animation wise, graphics wise that NBA 2K does. Maybe some people feel like they have to, but not, they don't have like, that's not, I don't think that that's the reason why there's not more players in the space. I think, you know, as far as having knowledge at your fingertips, when it comes to video game making, when it comes to outreach to get other people on the pro on a project with you, um, when it comes to you know free tutorials or small fee um, tutorials or classes that would help you learn how to use the programs and everything, like I 
I'm not buying the technology angle. Uh, we've, you know, like I said, we used to have six plus games made per year in the basketball gaming space between sim and arcade slash street games. So that I'm not buying as far as what he's talking about the NBA license. Like I said earlier, I agree. I, I do think that that's part of the problem. I think that there are definitely a lot of people out there, a lot of companies that believe they couldn't compete without an NBA license. And maybe some companies have inquired about it and we're like, this is too much, right? Like we're not going to be. be able to do this. It's it, we, we won't be able to afford it. And even if we infor- afford it in the short term, what happens if we can't get our money back? Right. Exactly. What happens? Competing if with 2K. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, no, I, I think that his the second point that he made, I, I definitely agree there. Well, Sticky Fingers also brings up the uh, technological aspect of it and says 2K's target is online and my team for six years. They lost their way. Engine of physics aren't sim oriented. In his opinion, there's a space for a better b-ball sim with better gameplay, physics, and even graphics. Uh, let's use UE5. But making a game in 23 is more complicated and expensive than 20 years ago. And I think, I mean, obviously the technology is there, as you say, but I think that first impressions obviously matter. And if it looks like your game is outdated and not on 2K's level, I think there's going to be that immediate knee-jerk dismissal of the game. Oh, this looks like a PS2 game. You know, you've seen the comments. You know what people are going to say. Uh, I don't think that should dissuade people. I think you can make a really good game, and people, all it needs is maybe some people like us to play that game and say, hey, despite the fact this does look a little bit outdated, it is a really fun basketball sim. But that is a risk for people, I guess. I, I just can't. I, so there's this game called Valheim, and it's an open world. I think it's called Valheim. It's an open world MMO RPG game. And this game is on Steam. I don't know if it was released for consoles. I know it's on Steam. The popularity of this game is out of this world. Go go on Steam and look at the amount of people that have reviewed the game. Like, countless people have bought this game. It it has sold more than AAA company games. And this is like a, just a really small indie developer. Andrew, this game has PS1 graphics. It has PS1 graphics. The graphics on this game are very, very poor. Look up the gameplay videos uh, t- talking to our audience. I think the game is spelled Valheim, V-A-L-H-E-I-M. But they marketed their game very, very well. They knew their target audience, and they put the mechanics in that game, even though it looks like a PS1 game, they put the mechanics that people were asking for into it. And that game absolutely blew up. And those developers, with that PS1 graphic um, MMORPG that was just released within the last few years made bank, Andrew. Sure. Absolute bank. So my point is, is that if you, you don't have to have the level of graphics of NBA 2K. You don't even have to be trying to compete with NBA 2K. But what you do is you market your game appropriately. You listen to your target audience. You keep people in the loop. And you make the best game you possibly can. And yes, can that be costly? You know, for some, and can that be scary? Absolutely. Is it probably costly and scary to most? Absolutely. But I feel like that that has kind of always been there in oh. some way, shape, or form. True. It's not a new thing in 2023. But that that's kind of my point on that. But I agree with all of um, Sticky Finger's points as far as there definitely being space for more players. 
And on the subject of being scared to try uh, Dibies, Modern Our Community, of course, says it is simply not easy to make a basketball game, much less compete against 2K. It would be at very great risk. Uh, Khalil Ward at Sticks323 says arcade sales went down and now companies are too scared to try something. I can't buy that either, though, because arcades, like, look at a game like Rocket League, okay? Listen, I understand that the arcade angle isn't what it used to be, supposedly, I guess. And, at the, but at the end of the day, you're telling me that a super fun basketball game that could cater to probably all skill levels, that could be fun for the you know, large basketball gaming base that's out there. You're telling me that, that, that a game that's well-made wouldn't sell. I'm just, you know, with online connectivity, with good, strong gameplay, with some depth, you're telling me that couldn't sell. Well, like, like you said, just it, not it, would, it, it would also have to be marketed like, well as well, as you said. And marketed well, but I just don't see how an argument can be made. Well, it's just t- like, like, well, it's tough to make a basketball game in 2023. Like, are we using excuses for other genres too? No, because they're not having that problem. Like, I guess I don't, I, I'm not seeing the technology angle and I'm not seeing, like, I'm not seeing the resource or technology angle. I just, it, this is, it's tough for me to wrap my mind around that. I've, I've, In the arcade space, Andrew, those are fun games. Oh yeah, yeah. I, those are fun games in 2023. They were fun games in the 90s. I, I do see the technological argument in so much as the expectations that 2K has set. And if you want, if people want an alternative to 2K, like when you, back in the day when Live and 2K were comparable in quality and sales, you could say, well, I like what Live is doing as far as being a sim game, or I like what 2K is doing as a sim game. You could choose between. If I wanted to do everything I can do in 2K in another game, if I wanted to have that depth of that experience or that style of experience, but without 2K's monetization or some of their approaches to gameplay, then there would still be that technolo- there would still be that expectation that the other game would be of a similar quality or they'd have similar animations and things like that. I think that's what people are getting at, that there'd be that expectation if you wanted to have this alternative to 2K that was... But cut- 2K isn't that great, Andrew, though, right now. I'm sorry, i I got yeah. to step in there again. for two, Since 2K18 especially but 2k is loaded with bugs like 2k24 is loaded with bugs it's loaded with unrealistic basketball mechanics it's loaded with monetization it's loaded with artificial boosts it's not a great basketball game in my opinion like i i'm not seeing maybe what some of the people in the comments are saying maybe they're they're more talking about the fact of its popularity but I mean, that when, you, a fact, when you're talking yeah. about Right, but when you're talking about popularity and you're talking about, oh, well, they sold 13 million copies, right? Something like that. Like, they're going to sell because they're the only player in the space. Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> no matter no, no what. No competition, like, yeah, yeah. It's the same with Madden. It's the same with Madden. There, when there's no competition and you're talking about a global sport or you're talking about an incredibly popular sport and, and, a, and a consumer wants to get their hands on a virtual piece of the pie, like a, a virtual version of the sport that they love and they only have one choice. What are they going to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, that's why like it's, well, 2k is this. And you know, how are people going to compete with 2k blah, blah, blah. Well, they're the only one in the space, right? Like you can't like, that's why it's, that's why this is so such a frustrating topic sometimes for me because it's like saying, Oh, well, 2k is so great and everything. 
and it's you know it's hard to compete with 2K. It's I don't even think that it's that 2K is so great anymore. I just think that it's because they're so big, right? Like I think yeah. it's more that they're yeah. big than that they're great. I mean, it's they are, they are they are NBA basketball on on the virtual hardwood at, at this time, absolutely. Right. So yeah, competing with them for whatever reason is uh, is daunting, as as we said. Uh, Roger Ward says it's crazy how 2K Sports made the best football video game of all time. 2K5 lost the exclusive license to EA and never returned to glory. 2K Hoops hasn't been great since 14 to 17. Madden sucks. NHL titles have fallen off. Exclusive licenses and a lack of competition ruin games. And yeah, obviously, as you said, 2K doesn't have an exclusive NBA license, but with the brand strength that it's built, it does have a virtual monopoly over the virtual hardwood. So it, it might as well have a uh, have a uh, exclusive license in effect. I'm glad that it doesn't because it does leave the door open for other companies. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's almost like they do have that exclusive license with the way they've been able to uh, muscle everybody else out of the uh, space. Right. I think Roger hit it on the head there. And I think that Roger and Nate, both live one legends, um, probably really see where I'm coming from with this and like my frustration with it. And also just my overall point of view. And I think we actually talked to them about this off air before one of our shows or after one of our shows where we had them on and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely a virtual monopoly. Um, I, I think that it's it's unfortunate that we should, at this time in 2023, have more options than ever in this space. I don't know how we went backwards. I don't know exactly when the turning point was. I don't think anybody would be able to point that point to that exactly. But we went from having all of these options in the space and a bunch of companies getting in there big and small and whatnot to just one option and to me that's not progress andrew it's not that uh, is not progress <laughs> i would say the mid to late 2000s because we started to see a lot of the other games the alternatives to live in 2k things like inside drive or sony's nba series were console specific platform specific so if you didn't have an xbox you couldn't get inside drive if you didn't have a playstation you couldn't get sony's game uh, Sony, much of sony's nba series wasn't released outside of north america so it didn't get that brand recognition that Live and 2K did, being global releases. So I think a lot of those games being exclusive in that way uh, stopped them from really getting that market share and and becoming alternatives for everybody. Inside Drive was great, but it was only for Xbox, right? Yeah, that's the problem. Like the, I, I love those games. So I played those at my friend Craig's who had, a, um, he had an Xbox, and we were playing mostly NBA Live at home on our you know playstation one or playstation two etc um and then obviously we had nba 2k the original and like 2k1 and whatnot on and 2k2 actually on um sega dreamcast so yeah it actually promoted us buying more consoles (laughs) when you really think about it right um because we wanted to get our hands on all of those titles and a couple of more comments. One more from X. Uh, Rock, Jeff Cortinas, of course, says, uh, there are some management sims out there for basketball, but not 3D or even 2D simulation, in my opinion, because of a lack of coders want to make it. You have groves that want to make RPGs, but sports very few. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of goes back to what you said, that you, you do have people wanting to make RPGs, but not wanting to make basketball games or these alternative games. Which is puzzling, right? I, I'll say it again, you know, it's a yeah a global sport it's an incredibly supposedly incredibly popular sport and um the market is wide open with only one player 
being in that space. And it's just, it's just wild to me. And yeah, you see tons of RPGs out there, MMORPGs, strategy games. There's actually a bunch of basketball simulators out there as well, you know, like draft day sports and whatnot. But nobody's tackling the 3d realm or the basketball gaming, you know, hands on a controller realm. Um, but you know, we can shout out again to, you know, quality game, you know, who are creating Hoopland. at least they're trying. And that, that game does look fun. And of course, Josh and Dave from Nemo Gamer, possible classics. Exactly. When did that come out though? That was, uh, let's see. I think full was release it 20... 2019, I think was the full release, the uh, full 2019 full yeah. steam ahead. Yeah. On that one. Yeah. And they did a great job with that game. Right? Absolutely, yeah. And um, people do love that game, and they're very proud of that game. So shout out to them. And a couple of responses from the NLC Discord now. Juicy Shackmeat says, I assume the alternatives to the 2K series no longer sold well for the past 14 years, while 2K already had too many innovations on gameplay and presentation that put them ahead during the same period in time. And Vin says, I seriously wonder if companies might feel like it's too steep of a hike to compete with 2K. I would seriously love to see live come back because not only does competition make everyone better, but the simple joy of having options is sorely missed. And that <laughs> very much sums it up. And I mean, you know, we, we've debated the, the technological aspect of it, but certainly the daunting prospect of, okay, if I come out with a sim game, whether it's EA with live or another competitor in the space that it's got to match 2k in this or that. I mean, we've, we've talked about how it doesn't necessarily have to do that, but I think the expectation is there from developers and a big, uh, a big portion of gamers alike. So I think that is what turns uh, developers away from doing that as much as anything else, uh, feeling that it is too steep of a hike, as Vin says. And of course, the alternatives that we talked about when they were console exclusive, they probably sold well enough for that console, but they weren't viable compared to a, a Live or 2K back in the day. Yeah, I, I wish that there were some developers out there that would focus on two things. One, on-court gameplay. So like just like the feel of the game. And two, customization. Because if you make a great game that's really fun on the sticks and you give the consumer base tools to make the game as they wish, to be able to customize it into like maybe they try to create an NBA style game, uh, FIBA, etc. But if you give them those tools, they will spend countless hours on that game. Um, and the you know, creating new teams, creating leagues and whatnot. And the gameplay being good is what gets people to truly jump over all over that customization. So it's a perfect combo. So uh, like you're not going to get, you know, if you're a developer out there, there's a chance you're not going to get the NBA license. You're not going to get access to the classic NBA players and teams and everything so you're not going to have the nba all-time teams you're not going to have the classic teams hell you're not even going to have current nba rosters meaning you're not going to have like a my team mode right you're not going to have that type of stuff but at the end of the day you can tackle the other angle of it you know get have you know solid graphics get the game to look good um and i'm not saying this is easy like this is not i'm not saying it's easy i'm not saying it's cheap i've dabbled in those programs as you know andrew i was messing with unreal engine for a while yeah it is tough it is so tough I, vi creating a video game sometimes just seems impossible it's it's it, it looks so tough there's a lot of talented people out there though that i know that make other video games and whatnot that could absolutely you know find their way around coding you know a basketball video game but 
you, you know, like I said, you make great gameplay, you make the game unique, you make the game, you know, acceptable from a graphics perspective and you give people customization and that game is going to shine. If you market it correctly, more people are going to get their hands on it. Then they're going to take it to social media. Hey, this game is great. You know, they're going to get a bunch of views on YouTube. They're going to get a bunch of views on X. Then more people are going to buy the game. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they could hit a home run with it. But I really, really do believe that this space is wide open and that there are people that could be in it. And I think you can bank on nostalgia for a certain style of game. Obviously, competing with 2K and everything that 2K is doing is tough, especially if you don't have the NBA license. That is virtually impossible then. But to your point, you could say this is basketball gaming the way you remember it. This is basketball gaming, a traditional basketball gaming experience, not based on microtransactions and leveling up and grinding and seasonal rewards and all of the predatory mechanics of my team and my career alike. This is just great on-court action with a season mode and customization so there's definitely appeal to that and it, it, that is that traditional experience that you're marketing to people that okay yes this is what 2k is doing but look what it's also become we're, we're going for that traditional experience i think there's value there yeah we're going to give you a fair game yeah we're going to give you a game that's fair that prioritizes basketball and we're going to give you the tools to make the game the way you want to make the game to you know to be able to customize your experience and like you said maybe you have a season mode and maybe you have online play right you, you know it's 2023 your game probably should have online sure. play. yeah you give people you know online play and a leaderboard and everything and it gives just people more content to sink their teeth into i do believe that that could be a hit and i think some of the mixed reviews that nba 2k24 has been getting uh, shows how much people do want that alternative in the space and these comments as well that people miss having those uh those alternatives, those choices, you know, are they all as good as each other? No, but you look back in the day, some of the games that, uh, that weren't the brand leader, like Live or 2K, were people's personal favorites. We've talked before about how personal favorites aren't necessarily the, uh, objectively the best, but subjectively you enjoy them more. But uh, before we get into the community's uh, scores, I gave mine at the top of the show a three. Uh, I can't remember. Did you give your score? Or what would you give? What's, what's your score? I'm still going to stick with three for the moment. I'm at... A three. A three, two? Yep. And there's a combo of reasons, and I'll try to go over this really quick. Obviously, at the forefront is the greed, the monetization, the um, constant microtransactions, um, the constant being reminded that you should be spending money on microtransactions, the charging for season passes having two different levels of charges for season passes so they can get even more uh, money out of people. People being pressured into spending more money, whether it be in my team or my career, et cetera. Um, People even being discouraged from grinding in order to spend more. It's like, you know what? You want to, you know, avoid this grind. You, You don't want to be crappy. You don't want to look bad in front of your friends. Here, pony up, right? spend that extra money um, and we can get you out of that grind and whatnot. And, you know, I talked about it on a prior show, people spending hundreds of, you know, hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands of dollars um, on these games yearly now in order to just attempt to have fun with them and to attempt to compete Um, because you got to have certain badges in order to be able to compete against other people's badges. You got to, you know, make sure your artificial boosts are, you know, 
up to grade and and if they're not um somebody who's not even as skilled as you is going to be able to bully you around the court and make you look silly and you don't want that right what kind of fun is that so um yeah, the greed is at the forefront in that rating. Second to that is just all the bugs with the gameplay. It's the very, very poor foot planning. It's the the fact that it's so reliant on artificial boosts and you're just being dragged everywhere on the court, you know, backwards, forwards, sideways into players. It's this, that, that constant suction that's always happening. Um, it's the fact that oftentimes the suction is so bad that you're, you know, you're just hitting a brick wall of air while you're trying to run around a player. Um, it's just overall the annoyances with the gameplay and the fact that it doesn't really feel like you're playing basketball anymore. It feels like you're, you're more fighting the game. It's like you're Mm. constantly fighting with the game. Um, and those are the two primary reasons. Obviously, there's other things that go into the low rating related to things like, you know, the rushed ratings and uh, tendencies and whatnot on the classic teams. Some of that disrespect that's still there. Um, I think so just some of the inaccuracies with, you know, some of the stuff they implement but sell the game with, like the My NBA Errors stuff. We've talked about that on prior episodes um, and whatnot. But yeah, I, I'd say that those are the primary reasons for a low grade from me. It's the greed and the incredibly frustrating gameplay, and then obviously the the disrespect when it comes to the classics. Yeah, to- totally agreed. And it's funny because, as we've talked about before, and as I was reminded of last night playing some NBA 2K6, a game that I do quite enjoy, actually, but the problems with the historical players have been in NBA 2K for a long time. That game, there's a lot of uh, positions that are wrong. John Havlicek is a uh, point guard. And look, Havlicek was a very versatile player, but he was a, a swingman, a, a small, mostly listed as a small forward or shooting guard. Look on basketball reference. Also, he's a 99 overall uh, on par with uh, Magic and Bird. Um, I wouldn't put him quite there. Um, and ahead of Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell as well. Pretty much everyone was either a 98 or 99 on the on the Legends teams back then. They didn't really do a great job with the ratings. A lot of copy and paste. I, I can I can attest that for 2K10 as well. Having fixed up that, I do need to get that roster out. Hopefully, get that out this week. It's been uh, it's been completed for a while. I just want to do one last sweep to make sure. But that has been going on for far too long. And of course, a great uh, Bob McAdoo face in 2K6, Derek on 360, uh, ruined by an incorrect skin tone. But again, attention to detail. I feel like we did. It is a good face, but I feel like we saw the incorrect skin tone stuff quite a bit in the mid late 2000s, even sometimes in the early 2010s with certain basketball games. The mismatches, uh, I also wanted yeah. to point out when it comes to my rating on NBA 2K24, a couple other things that, you know, factor in press steal to foul, which is even worse now after the patch. It is ridiculous how bad press it, it, it's press steal to foul in that game. So very unrealistic steel mechanics obviously uh, rim mechanics that are embarrassing um in comparison to games that came out 20 years ago (laughs) yeah more than 20 years ago as far as having you know a number of bounce animations the ball actually bouncing off the rim and going into the hoop etc variety and makes and misses and stuff it's it's unbelievable how poor it is now in comparison to past games but shooting how many shots go up a game andrew especially in today's game 
like in the, today's NBA, how many outside shots? The shooting mechanics are so poor, and they drastically impact the game in a negative way because you shooting is such a big part of basketball and the shooting mechanics have gotten a lot worse um, over the last few years than they were in so many past titles, even 2k19, 2k18, two titles that came after the implementation of the new motion system and whatnot have much stronger shooting mechanics than are that are in NBA 2k24 shooting mechanics that are more realistic that make more sense to the consumer to the user etc so the shooting is also incredibly poor and that hurts the overall rating as well so obviously there's other aspects but everything i mentioned kind of goes into my rating of a three if i was being generous let's say you took out the greed portion you can't take that out it floods the game yeah but let's say you took out the greed portion the microtransactions and and whatnot the rating doesn't really go up that much like a four right? or five like i thing? was playing yeah. yeah i was playing my team today on nba 2k24 i was winning that's what a point i want to make people i was winning in my team i haven't lost people say get good people say oh you know you, you're better than the I, game you gotta get good yeah. but you are winning so i had yeah. to put my control down i played one game and I was like, this is not fun. Like, I am not having fun. I am fighting this game constantly. And the only way that I'm tra- finding ways to, you know, do certain things on the court overall right now is just by finding loopholes and cheesing the game, right? And I'm like, this is just not a good experience. So I started putting on some classics after, and I was having a blast. But the rating doesn't go up much yeah. when you take the greed out. I absolutely agree. So I, I think three for you and I, uh, basically at, at this time. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't go up, as you say, that much, uh, even if you do take out the aspects like greed. But they are so ingrained. They are so impactful on the experience that you can't take them out. And I am glad to see people calling it out. Professional reviewers as well, uh, calling that out is uh, is really good to see. But uh, three is our rating, three apiece. Let's take a look at some ratings from the community now. Uh, Bucky T says uh, 6 out of 10 for gameplay, 10 out of 10 for amount of modes. But qualifies that by saying, series ranking, from a gameplay perspective, it's one of the worst, and I group it with 2K18, 2K20, 2K21, 2K22, and 23 as regressed gameplay in the 2K series. It's not even close to my top 10, like 2K11 to 17 is. So kind of enjoying the gameplay. Obviously, the modes are very deep. But yeah, it's just not up there with the favorites. Uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I would agree. Even even though I don't have quite as a positive impressions of the game, Derek, it is definitely not among my favorites. Yeah, sometimes I think Bucky T and I, for the most part, share a brain with this stuff. Very much in agreement with him about 2K11 through 2K17. Um, very similar motion system through um, all of those years with the 2K series. And I go back and revisit all of those games, 2K11 through 2K17, everyone in between as well. Um, And I still really enjoy those titles. Um, Far more than that NBA 2K24 My Team experience that I had earlier today where I was just like, I'm fed up, I'm done. Uh, Tillhouse doesn't give a rating or a ranking, but does say, Features have been amazing the last three NBA 2Ks with so many different ways to experience the game. My issue has been creative direction with a lack of keeping core gameplay mechanics in place with incremental change and improved presentation, accessibility, and connectivity. And yeah, there's little changes year to year, especially with the shooting mechanics, I think is uh, is perhaps one of my biggest pet peeves with the gameplay. 
Well, and dribbling, I think, is really yeah. taking a dive as far as realism and whatnot with arms moving 100 miles an hour and the ball warping hand-to-hand, oftentimes the ball not even touching the court and whatnot between dribbles. It looks so silly. It's ridiculous. Like That's one of the biggest things that where, where I call it like the Fortnite generation of basketball video games because it looks like movement that you would see in like a Fortnite game as opposed to like a sports game. Like it's not possible human movement. It just looks silly. And like I said, with all the ball warping and the bugs related to that, I just think shooting and dribbling two incredibly important aspects um, of basketball are not as strong as as they used to be in so many past titles. Um, But yeah, I, 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 agree with him as far as try the, the two case catch all approach you know they have the all-time teams the classic teams the current teams um they have you know the ability to create your court in my nba in my league um etc they have the um the depth of those modes between you know the way trades work um the the season awards uh all of that stuff the stat tracking all of that like that depth is absolutely there but that stuff doesn't mean even close to as much to me or my brothers or whatnot if that gameplay isn't strong. And we just don't find the gameplay strong over the last few years with NBA 2K. Uh, next up is Rock. Once again, Jeff says 7 out of 10 for gameplay and 2 out of 10 for how they conduct monetization, which averages out to a 4.5 out of 10, obviously. And yeah, you can definitely split it up that way as well. Uh, you and I have combined our ratings uh, to sort of take our ratings reflect the overall view of the game but that is another way to look at it that enjoying the gameplay but just not the monetization aspects of it or the approach to the grind of the modes or whatever but again i am glad to see more people calling out that monetization i know it's not a new issue people have been calling it out for years but the push here it's gotten people have been more willing to call it out and the fact that we have professional reviewers derek calling it out and factoring that into their score i think is is important i mean 2K is still making bank. They sold a lot of copies. People are playing the game a lot. They release numbers that are showing that there's certainly no boycott going on. But there's awareness of it, and awareness is a start. Again, they they will play it, and they will log a lot of hours, and they will make a lot of sales because that's that's the only option. I'll just say that again. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's a little bit higher on the gameplay than... I am, but I like that he sees the monetization angle, the you know what they're doing with microtransactions, and you know I love how against that he is. Um, but you know he also plays the game a little bit differently, um, and not everybody is going to have the exact same experience with the game, and that should be noted there. It's not saying that there's nobody out there that likes the game. Sure, we know there's people that like the game, but let's you know let's be honest where the game does have its issues. And uh, JM at Second Family uh, also says Solid 7. Connectivity and monetization are what take it down a few notches for him. Really enjoying what ProPlay has added to my playstyle. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing that much of a benefit with pro play because of all the other gameplay issues um as i stated on a prior show i have noticed it in some of the signature shots and a few of the moves around the rim and whatnot but it hasn't really changed my gameplay experience in a positive way like i don't i don't turn on the game and say hell i can't wait for the next pro play thing to happen (laughs) right like that's not something that happens so i'm glad that he's getting a little bit more out of it than i am and a few more ratings now. Uh, still on X, JC, keeping it real, says 4 out of 10. 
D at the day has ended. Also says for uh, Marquise over on our Facebook page says minus 10 for PC. So breaking the scale to uh, express is discussed for the game there. And moving over to our Discord for one more, uh, Juicy Shackmeat says 2K24 is a 6 out of 10 for me. It definitely plays the same as last year, and the new content for the online modes no longer entices me to play regularly. It definitely feels like a chore rebuilding what I already completed last year. And yeah, that's why I gave up on my career and my, even my team, just starting over from scratch and feeling that nothing carries over and that nothing matters and that nothing that I can't revisit anything, Derek. I've realized that if I can't revisit an experience years later on a whim, uh, I really struggle to take interest in it. It feels like the games each year are now recyclable and the games are... Disposable, yeah. Not, they're not inspiring. There's nothing that's going to ever make me want to re- uh, revisit NBA 2K24, right? Like, I, I haven't gone back and revisited NBA 2K21, or 2K22, or 2K23 since NBA 2K24 came out. I have no interest in doing that. The only way I would do that is on PC if we had, like, mods that, you know, my brother really wanted to play. Like we said, we had an NBA 2K22 DBZ season, right? That is it. That's the only thing that we're going to revisit. But nothing with those base games, because we're talking about the majority of sales are on console, Andrew, right? Like, I have zero interest in revisiting the console versions of nba 2k21 2k22 2k23 and i won't with the, with 2k24 either in the future like the games feel very recyclable they're not unique they're not inspiring like this this generation of 2k's bum they just bum me out these games bum me out I mean, for years they talk about sports games just being an annual roster update and and kind of being disposable like that. And we've often pushed back on that because we do have our favorites that are fun to revisit. We love the uh, the interactive almanac aspect of them, revisiting that time in NBA history or using an old game with great mechanics to make uh, retro season rosters or bring it up to date with current season rosters and use that game as a base for future gameplay, retro or otherwise, because it, it just holds up so well. But it really does feel these days that every year is a disposable release because it does come down to seasonal content and FOMO and all those mechanics and starting over from scratch uh, with a, a base uh, base my team squad or a 60 overall my player. So they really do feel disposable and it's it's hard to get invested in that. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and I said recycle. Like uh, you, you like you said, I think disposable is probably a better word. And you know. Those are some pretty low scores from the community, you know, from the responses that we received. Like I said, I know that not everybody has a low score for NBA 2K24. I have seen some people really enjoying the game, but it is kind of disheartening to see, you know, where we're at in the basketball gaming space and, you know, how a lot of people view the newest 2Ks because I wish it was better for everybody. Absolutely. And the lack of competition I think does contribute to those scores because the game has become a bit stagnant because it does feel disposable that people aren't as invested. And of course, other changes to the gameplay, obviously, or or lack of change as the case may be. And yeah, I mean, six and seven out of 10 is not a a horrible score, but a lot of us back in the days of 2K 14, 15, 16, 17, would be more inclined to give eights and nines, if not tens. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, we talked about the uh, way people talked about it and reviewed so many of those past games. And it was 
the majority of the comments were positive, right? The majority of people were enjoying the games and having positive things to say about what 2K was doing, and they were excited for the future. And I just don't see that the same today. And it is a shame. But of course, as we've said before, we do have retro gaming. We have been big advocates for that. We will continue to advocate for that as well. Uh, we played a very fun game of 2K17. We will circle back to that on a future show because I'm sure we're going to revisit that again. Another great game with your fantastic Ultimate Classic Teams roster. But in lieu of competition in the space, we do have old favorites that we can still play. And look, if you are struggling to get into NBA 2K24, you know, take a look back at a basketball game that you really do like, that you really do enjoy, and that you can still play, that does hold up for you and spend time with that if you want to play a basketball game and 2k24 isn't doing it for you look back to an old favorite and uh, and dust it off also let us know if there's a classic basketball video game that you want us to revisit and we will try to get on the sticks together revisit it and talk about it on the show because we have really large basketball video game collections and even if the game isn't you know, one of our favorites, you know, the one that you ask us to revisit, we're still going to have fun jumping on the sticks together and playing it and then talking about it. So definitely let us know. So thank you once again to everybody who responded to Derek's prompts this week. We love hearing from the community, love hearing from our listeners, and please keep that conversation going. In the meantime, that has brought us to the end of this week's show. As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week and every week, either on the NLSC, nba-live.com, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media. That's where you can get in touch with us. And of course, stay up to date with all of our content. So Derek, go ahead and plug the handles. You can reach me on X at D43G and at D4384. I'm also on YouTube at D43 and on the NLSC D43. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on X. The NLSC is on X and Facebook at the NLSC. We're also NLSC Basketball on Instagram and Threads. We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in, and until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>